Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. We welcome communications pastor Ben Jones. Our big idea for today is appointed faith community equals significant impact. We're going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Well, good morning and welcome to Valley Point Church and happy Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully you had some time off of work this week and were able to spend some extra time with family and friends and hopefully everybody's fully recovered from the turkey coma that we've been in over the last couple of days, right? And you're going to be able to stay awake through this whole message, right? If you can't, I understand. It's okay. But just try, okay, for my sake. My name is Ben and I'm one of the pastors here at Valley Point and would just like to say thank you uh, for being here on a holiday weekend. And also, I'd like to invite you back out tonight at 6.30. As you saw on the video just a minute ago, we're going to have our CD release concert tonight. So our band members, our artists at Valley Point have been working extremely hard to put this project together, and they're ready to launch that tonight. So hopefully you can come back out and be a part of that and support them as well. Well, last week, we were able to wrap up a series called Not Your Average Joe. And we spent seven weeks talking about the entire life of Joseph. It was a lot of Joseph, but it was a great series. And I would encourage you, if, if you missed any of those, to go online. Uh, you can visit us at valleypointchurch.com, and you can download and listen to all of those talks. So I would encourage you to do that. That was last week. Next week, we begin, believe it or not, our Christmas teaching series. I can't believe it. It's going to be called What to Gain, but it's here. It's on us. And not to stress anybody out too bad, but as of tomorrow, there are 24 more shopping days until Christmas. All right? It's going to be just fine. You're okay. you still got time, so don't be on Amazon while I'm up here. It's, you can worry about that in a few minutes. You're still okay. But next week, it does. We launch into our Christmas teaching series, and we're, we're going to be talking about four areas that we can gain, four things that we can gain this Christmas season that really goes well beyond just the season. It will benefit your life, it'll benefit my life, and it'll benefit the lives of those around us. So come back next week as we launch into that. But today, today we're going to spend a little bit of time just sort of gearing up for the season that's ahead of us, right? December, it's fast and it's furious, and it's here and it's, it's going to eat us alive in some ways, but that's okay. It's hectic. It's fun. We all have a, a December 25th deadline that we have to hit. There's things to accomplish, and, and that's all well and good. We have to do those things. But I think there's a couple of areas that we cannot afford to lose sight of in the coming weeks. So we're going to spend some time talking about that. Today's going to have a little bit of a different feel because we're going to kick off with a little bit of early church history, right? Sounds compelling, right? 11 o'clock in the morning. We won't camp there too long. History class is on Monday. It's a holiday weekend. So we'll move on past that, and we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at a piece of Scripture that was written specifically for the church. It was written to a church, but it's for the benefit of all churches. So we're going to take a look at that, and then we'll transition in, into sort of our takeaways for the, for the day. And it, it'll be ways that we can leave this room and enter into the season ahead of us, hopefully better prepared than what we are right now. So that's, that's sort of the snapshot of what's going to happen today. Sound like a plan? All right. Well, I want to go ahead and introduce the big idea for today. All right. It's this, that a pointed faith community equals significant impact. A pointed faith community equals significant impact. 
And going through this last series, I just mentioned that we wrapped up with Joseph. Um, Pastor Eric sort of pointed out some things in Joseph's life that he did very well. One of the things he did is he was very good at pointing himself in God's direction. And so he made sure his feet were pointed towards God. And then he locked in his inner compass. So that no matter what came into his life, what surprises came, what tragedy came into his life, he already knew how he was going to respond because he had his feet pointed and his inner compass locked. And so what if, what if as a faith community, we were able to step into this coming season like Joseph lived his life, pointed in the same direction? This word pointed, we we, kind of want to define like this today. Obviously directed to a particular thing. So that if somebody outside would look at Valley Point Church, they would say, wow, they are obviously pointed towards that, in that direction. And that's what we want to do. That's what we want to unpack today in our time together. Before we fully jump into today's talk, I wanted to invite you to pray along with me. I'll pray out loud, but just to yourselves. Uh, Pray two things, that God would would bless our time here together, but also ask Him to speak to you today in your hearts so that you can be prepared to respond to Him in whatever way He's telling you to respond as we leave uh, these doors this morning. Would you pray with me? God, thank You for our time together here. Thank You for a season that we can sort of stop and, and, and give special attention to thankfulness. And in light of that, God, we thank you for the incredible blessings that you have blessed this faith community with, with our families and as individuals. Uh, Thank you for blessing us uh, to be able to live in a nation like we do that's free. And God, we we, we don't want to take those things for granted. And as we move into today's message, God, please bless our time together. Please speak to us individually and help us to respond in the way that you would have us each to do today. In your son's name, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. So today, we're going to be taking a look and hearing directly from one of the greatest and most influential leaders in all of church history. All right, this first century pastor, apostle, teacher, church starter. He's been accredited as being the most effective early church leader at forming Christian communities or churches. And his name is Paul. And if you've been in church for uh, any amount of time, or maybe you've read some of your New Testament, you've probably come across the name Paul. And and Paul was a very interesting character in the Bible. He wrote wrote a lot of the New Testament. And part of his his focus, his area of focus as an apostle, uh, was in the Mediterranean area, so the countries of Turkey and Greece. And there's a map for you to sort of see where he would journey. You, you can sometimes hear this referred to as Paul's missionary journeys. And so this is what he would do. He would travel from these little port city to port city, mainly by boat. And he would enter into the city and, and form a faith community. And historians credit about 14 different churches to Paul. And he did this all within the matter of about 10 to 11 years. So he was busy and he was passionate about spreading the good news about Jesus to everyone and anyone who would listen. But something very unique about Paul that's different from some of the other apostles is that before Paul was an apostle, before he was a pastor, a a follower of Jesus, his job, his employers, he was paid to hunt down, to beat down, and oftentimes kill and murder Christians. That was his job. And he was good at it. 
But you have to understand something about Paul is that he was born right on the heels of Jesus' controversial crucifixion. And he was a Roman citizen, so he was ingrained with the belief that Jesus was a heretic, that he, he was out to teach nothing but false things to people so that he, he could sort of form this religious revolt against the religious order of the Roman Empire of that time. And Paul was a part of a very wealthy family, so he had the advantages that came along with that. He had the very best education. And so he was able to work himself up into the highest and most elite group of religious leaders of that day. Well, these particular religious rulers weren't, weren't really known for their compassion for people. They weren't really known for their, their, their love for, for people's spiritual well-being. They, they were very abusive in their power. They were power hungry and they were money hungry and they liked their power and they liked their position and they wanted to keep it that way. And Jesus was bad for business because Jesus was free. And so they would hire Paul and Paul was their ringer. He was good at it. He was infamous in the area and and people were afraid of Paul. So if you heard Paul's coming after you, you better look out because he's really good at finding you. And so he struck fear in the hearts of lots of Christ followers. But along the way, actually on his way to kind of carry out one of these missions, he had an encounter with God. And that's a story for a whole different day. But if you want to read a really compelling story in the Bible, it's how Saul, that was his name before he became the Apostle Paul, how Saul met God and turned his life around and became Paul the Apostle. And so this is Paul. And so he began, instead of opposing the things of Jesus, he began to be Jesus' greatest fan. And he championed the idea that salvation is now through Jesus with nothing else added. It's, it's not about following the laws that were put in place by, by the religious groups of that time. It wasn't about having to purchase sacrifices so that we could get forgiveness of our sins, which was, by the way, very lucrative for the religious order of that time. It wasn't about anything other than Jesus with nothing else added. And he began to champion this. And then God commissioned Paul specifically to begin to, to, to share this good news about Jesus beyond just the Jewish people of that time. Because until, until Paul came along, most of the apostles were kind of focused in on Jerusalem and the surrounding cities of Jerusalem. And they wanted to convert all of the Jewish people to Christianity. And God said, okay, we, you've done a great job there. You've got that covered. Now, Paul, I need you to take it everywhere else. And I want you to, as passionately as you can, tell as many people as you can about my son, Jesus. And that's what he did. He set off and he would sort of land in, in, in one of these cities and he would get his stuff together and he would go straight to the synagogues. And those were sort of the spiritual meeting places where they would, they would discuss spiritual things and debate spiritual things. And so he would walk into these synagogues in front of all these Jewish spiritual leaders in the community. He would begin to preach about Jesus. Jesus, there was this amazing man who, who, who lived on earth and he's the son of God and he died for you. And he rose again after he died after three days and he offers his free salvation to everybody. And if you accept that, you can be his forever friend and live with him forever in heaven. He began to preach this all over the synagogues. And what would most oftentimes happen, they didn't really like that message very much. So they would kick him out of the synagogues. They would, they would say that he's a heretic, only trying to spread uh, false teachings. They would give him a beat down, and then he would move on. He would say, okay, if you're not going to listen, guess what? God said it's okay now to begin to offer the same thing to the non-Jewish people in the area. And so he began to tell all the Gentiles about this person, Jesus. And he was having radical success 
with people coming to know Jesus as their personal Savior. He was forming these communities, and as they would grow, he would, uh, he would raise up leaders and elders to sort of oversee the people in the church, and then he would train up leaders to teach, and they would teach the churches. And when he felt that that was established and they were good to go, he would say, okay, you're blessed. I'm going to move on and do it again. And he did this again and again, 14 different times over. And so the first letter that he wrote to one of the churches that he established was in the city of Corinth. And on the slide behind me, I've sort of highlighted where Corinth is. It's right beside Athens and Greece. And so that's where this letter was on its way to that we're going to be reading about today. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians. It was his first letter. There were two letters. It's the, the, the next book of the Bible is 2 Corinthians. is the second letter. This church had all sorts of problems. So, so don't feel bad, okay? So he had to then follow up with all of these churches. And he had to make sure they were running smoothly. And all these issues were beginning to happen. Like, like they've never done this before. They're all new to this. And they're like, we don't know how to handle this situation that rose up. We don't know what to do here. There's these people coming into town and they're teaching things that are different from what you taught us. And we don't know who to believe. And so he had to begin to backtrack and revisit all of these different churches and write letters of encouragement and of guidance and, and sometimes of correction. And so this city of Corinth, it was, a, it was a very wealthy city at the time, had all of what they would consider modern-day luxuries at the time. They were very wealthy and had lots of disposable income to get in trouble with. And they were really good at getting in trouble with it because they were infamous for being very immoral in their behavior and very indulgent in their sin. And so this was where this church was planted. And this, this church frustrated Paul because he, he would continue to have to. There's two letters that we know of. There's probably more. He had to visit them at least two times that we know of in the Bible. But regardless, he knew that if he could get Corinth, then that would be a huge win in being able to spread the good news of Jesus everywhere. So he spent a lot of time teaching and instructing them. And we're going to benefit from that today. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, this is our piece of scripture that we're going to kind of dive into today. We're going to skip ahead to verse number four. His greetings were kind of just buttering the people up before he really needed to smack them in the back of the head. So here's verse number four. He says, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts that he has given to you now that you belong. And that word belong there denotes position. So he's kind of reminding them, look, you, you positionally now belong to Jesus. All right, You signed up for this. You gave your life to him. And, and so remember that. And through him, Jesus, God has enriched your church in every way, with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. And this confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we skip down to verse number 10. He, he, he goes on and says, I appeal. That word appeal means to urge, to beg, to plead. So this isn't a passive language that he's using here. He's saying, I plead with you, please, brothers and sisters. And then he pulls the Jesus card. This is great. By the authority of Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Please live in harmony with each other. Let there be no division in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. In other words, Corinth, you're missing it. You've got to be a pointed faith community. That's why you're not having the significant impact in the world around you that you need to have. 
And they're frustrated. And Paul is, Paul is very intuitive. And I think he had kind of dealt with this before with them. So he says, maybe you've gotten to this point with your kids at one point. And you sat them down. You said, listen, I need to say something to you. And you need to just say nothing. Okay? You just need to hear me out and make no excuses. All right? So Paul goes in. Before I tell you anything else, just remember, God has given you everything you need to succeed. Everything. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I know it's a, it's a tough town to be in. I know there's people doing all sorts of stuff. He's given you what you needed to be successful. He's given you the talent you need. He's given you the... Re- I, I know everybody needs more resources. You have enough. You have all the resources that you need. You have everything you need. And God has empowered you to make an impact on the world around you. And you're just not doing it. You're not utilizing your gifts in the way that God designed you to utilize them in the church. I mean, look at, look, look at you. You're, you're killing it in your business. I mean, you are thriving. You're knocking it out of the ballpark. Why are you not doing those same things right here in your church? And you, you're, you're a natural-born leader. When you speak, people listen, and they will follow you. Why are you not doing that inside of your faith community? And you are so smart. The things you're able to assimilate in your mind are are astounding. Why aren't you using that inside of your church? You have all these resources. You have found so much success. Why are you not funneling some of that to your local church? Because they were going in all different directions. He was going over in this direction. She was over here in that direction. Uncle Eddie, he's way out there in that direction. Nobody knows where he is. And so nobody was pointed at the same things. And he puts it a little bit differently to a, a, another church we, we find in Ephesians. And, and he was writing a different church, kind of having the same similar problems. In chapter 4 and verse 16, he says, He, God, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of what? No one's paying attention. Healthy and growing and full of love. Thank you. That makes me feel a little bit better. Love, the most compelling quality an organization can have. And that's why before Jesus left this earth and his, his disciples said, before you go, before you go, we have one last question. Please answer this. What's the most important commandment to follow? We just need to know before you go. And so Jesus said, you know what? I'm making a new commandment that trumps every commandment I've given so far. Love God and love others. And that's it. Love. It's the most compelling quality an organization can have. An appointed faith community has so much impact in the world around us. I don't think we we truly understand what Paul was trying to communicate here. At least I don't always think about it like this, but the church, the local church, that's you, Valley Point, me, the church is the most powerful tool on earth to spread the good news about Jesus. God established the church to do that work on earth. He said, I now appoint you, church, as the most powerful tool to tell others about Jesus. It's you. Jesus died for it. Paul would eventually die for it because they knew this was the best way to get the word out that Jesus loves every single person and Jesus is for everybody and everyone needs to hear it. That should keep us up at night. 
to know that you're a part of that and I'm a part of that. And there's a bunch of us, right? There's a whole bunch of us here with, with talents that we could use to, to, to significantly impact the world around us. Now, I've been able to live in a couple of different areas in the country. I have family in different areas. And, and, and so I, I've seen a lot of different things. But one thing that's very unique about this area that, that, that very few other cities and, and regions have is this thing, passion. There's just a passion here. There's a passion for our sports. There's a passion for our work. There's a passion for our family. There's a passion for education. It's just here. It's all over. And it is an incredible gift that God has given to us as an area. So how do we leverage all of these things? How do we leverage our gifts, our talents? How do we leverage our resources, our passion, our size? How do we leverage that? For maximum impact. If you've been around Valley Point for any amount of time, you've probably heard our vision statement. It goes like this. We exist. This is what we do. We exist to point people to real relationships that inspire real significance. That's who we are. That's what we do. Real relationships, real significance. We want everybody to find real relationships, authentic relationships where genuine care is given, where authentic relationships can thrive. That's real relationships. We want people to find a relationship with a God who loves them, who died for them, who gave everything for them. Everybody needs it, real relationships. And we hope that those relationships then move into inspiring people to significance because we all want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves, right? It's just inside of us. We all want to be a part of something that's going to outlive us that's going to benefit, benefit the generations that come behind us. Real relationships, real significance. And our lead pastor, Eric, if you are here for the first time and you've never met Eric, I would encourage you, please come back next week. You'll get to meet him. He'll be here with us, and you're going to love him. We all do. And he's done a phenomenal job at pointing this faith community into a particular direction. Real relationships, real significance. Let's do this thing together. Let's get aligned. Let's get locked. Let's set our compass and let's go after it. And he's been preparing these next four weeks for a very long time. He's had the staff working on this for months now. He's, I don't know how long he's been thinking about it. I know it's a lot longer than we have. And there's some areas we want to create easy on-ramps, easy connection points for people to find all of these things, especially now during the upcoming holiday season. So what are some of those things that that you're going to see coming up? The first thing that Eric's going to roll out next week is our 2015 Christmas Offering Initiative. And so this is an initiative that we've done uh, for many years now, and we've, we've been able to exceed our goals each and every year. And I would think nothing less of us being able to do that this, this year as well. And so he's going to roll out that. And I'm excited for you to hear the opportunity that we're going to have in front of us to make a significant impact in the world around us. Because we could be somebody's only hope here on earth this Christmas season. To feel love in a very real and tangible way. So we're going to roll this out, and you may have, if you've been here since January, you've probably heard us talk about our Real Home Capital campaign, and this is a campaign that we're in the middle of where we're collecting resources so that we can build a permanent home facility on our Bethel Road campus so that we can meet in permanently. This this is rented space. We set it up. We take it down every single week. So we have needs of our own. As a faith community, we have a lot of needs of our own, but 
And Eric has championed the way on this. He's continually said throughout this whole campaign, while we have needs of our own, and we do, there's a lot of them, we will not lose sight of the needs of others in the process. And so we're rolling this out. And 100% of everything that comes in for this Christmas offering initiative goes outside of our doors. We, we keep 0% of everything that comes in and we're giving it all away. So let's together, let's point ourselves towards generosity. That's our first takeaway for today. So get your families together, moms, dads, grandparents. Let's pull our families together and let's lead our families well through this season and say, as much as we need, there's something that we can do for others. So start talking about that now. Determine what it is you're going to be able to do for our Christmas offering initiative. And you'll be hearing about that next week. There's another opportunity that we have in December on the 20th. It's a, it's a love day. And these, these love days are part of our compassion efforts here at Valley Point. As we, as we strive to go and serve and love others and expect nothing in return from them, we just want to do that. And this month for November it was a collection love day. And we were able to collect all sorts of Thanksgiving food items for a nonprofit organization in Wilmington called Urban Promise. And they were able to collect all those items and provide a dinner for hundreds of individuals that otherwise would not have had a Thanksgiving dinner. And we helped provide that. That was our love day, compassion effort for, for this month. Well, next month is going to be a serving day. And these days are when we all come together. We meet at our Bethel Road campus up the road. And we sign up for different service projects. And we just go out as groups. And we go and serve and we love together. And that's it. We're usually done by noon. Uh, after that, you can get to whatever else you need to get to. Get whatever thing else you need to get done that day. But set this day aside. Again, talk to your families. Let's huddle together. And let's get pointed towards compassion in the coming season. So let's get pointed to generosity. Let's get pointed to compassion, to serving others. And on these days, you'll be able to, to, to sign up for a couple of events. I have a couple of those to share with you today. Uh, one of the things we'll be doing is partnering with City Team. It's a nonprofit uh, functions out of Chester, Pennsylvania, and they have all of these families that they partner with in downtown uh, the Chester area. And, and, and they've partnered with them, and they've collected all these toys and items uh, for these families who just do not have the financial means to provide Christmas for their families. And so they've collected these toys and they've assimilated them and packaged them for each individual family for what they wanted. They had Christmas lists. They had the kids all right to Santa and they submitted those. And, and we're going to get to deliver those to families. We're also going to be a part of helping out Covenant House. And it's a, an organization that helps runaways and homeless and sexually trafficked individuals. And we're going to go and we're going to, uh, we're going to provide brunch for them. We're going to show them that somebody knows that they exist and that, they, that we care about them and we love them this holiday season. We could be somebody's only hope here on earth this Christmas season. Then we're going to go to Pathways, just a similar kind of place where, where families are able to live who otherwise would just be without a home. They would be homeless. And they don't get to celebrate birthdays like you and I. They sort of downplay those. They just... It's not that fun where they are, and there's just not resources available to make that a big deal. And we want to make that a big deal. Everybody should have a big deal made out of their birthday, especially when you're kids, right? And so we're going to go, and we're going to throw a birthday bash, and we're going to celebrate everybody who's had a birthday in the last couple of months. And we're going to let them know that somebody knows that they exist and that we love them. We could be their only hope 
here on earth this Christmas. We're going to go to retirement communities and sing Christmas carols and play games and visit with them. We're going to be creating these little bags of sunshine for, to deliver to people who's just had a really rough couple of weeks or going through a rough season. So put some time aside and prepare yourself, prepare your families, and let's get pointed towards compassion. Then lastly, I just wanted to talk to you about our upcoming Christmas gatherings. These are going to be happening on the 23rd. We're going to have one at 7 o'clock. On the 24th, we're going to have one at 6 o'clock. And there's two, two weeks out of the year that people don't think you're weird for going to church, right? You're not weird if you go to church on Easter, and you're not weird if you go to church on Christmas. You're allowed to do that. Everybody accepts it. So leverage that with your friends and family and coworkers. Just say, hey, I'm going to church this, this year. Just want to, to extend the invite. I'm going to Valley Point Church. It's just going to be a really fun time. I'd love for you to come with us. If they say no, that's fine. But I promise you, they're, they're not going to be uh, mad at you. They're going to appreciate the fact that you thought of them this holiday season. Even when we all know how busy and crazy it is, you took time to think of them. And these nights are going to be uh, very family-friendly, very friend-friendly, if that's a thing. And they'll be, they'll be very festive. We're going to have candle lights. We're going to have hot chocolate in the lobby. We're going to serve pastries beforehand. We're going to have a really fun time together, and it will be safe for everybody. So take advantage of that, and let's point ourselves toward inviting, generosity, compassion. Let's get lined up here, inviting. Come on, let's make it happen. This Christmas season, let's get pointed in the same direction and just see, let's just see what impact we can have on the world around us. Here's a bonus takeaway too. It's not in your notes. It's not even on screen, but I wanted to encourage you to just be here. Be here on Sunday mornings. Every single Sunday in December, be here. Let's do this together. Let's make this happen. Let's benefit from this upcoming season fully. Because it's intended to build on each other and to benefit from each and every week. So let's be here together as we move forward. And I'll close with this. I was recently at one of our Men of Ice groups. Those just groups of men who meet. It's sort of a life group. And we were watching a DVD. And in this video, this quote came up. And it just really stuck with me. It really inspired me. And I wanted to share that with you today. It's from Dennis Rainey. And he said, boys need to understand that they are not here on earth just to achieve worldly success and comfort. No, they're here to strike a blow against evil to make a mark on their world. Like, wow, that's, that's like Braveheart good, you know? That's real good. But then I got to thinking, that's not just for men. That's, not, that, that's for everybody. Everybody wants to make an impact on the world around them. So what if, what if Paul, the Apostle Paul, was to sit down and write Valley Point Church a letter, encouraging us in the same way, using the same kind of language. It might sound a little something like this. Valley Point Church, you must understand that you are not here on earth just to gather together. You're not here just to worship together, drink coffee together. I added that part. But, but get this, you're here to strike a blow against evil and to make a mark on the world around you. So what mark? What mark, Valley Point, are we going to make on the world around us? What, what blow against evil are we going to make? What eternal impact in somebody's life are we going to make as we fight for justice, as we give hope to the marginalized, as we share our faith courageously, as we put our own needs aside and serve the needs of others? 
I think it can be a great impact. I know it can be a great impact. And when this faith community gets passionate about something, I have seen it. I've seen it. Things happen. Stuff gets done. And Jesus' name becomes famous. We're good at that. We really are. And let's make that happen in the coming weeks. And remember, the church, that's you, that's me, Valley Point. The church is the most powerful tool on earth to spread the good news about Jesus. I would like to do something a little bit different today. I'd like to invite you to stand with me. And I have something that I'm going to put on on screen in just a moment. And I want this to be our prayer today. I want this to be our commitment as a faith community moving forward into this season. If you're new with us, if if you're uncomfortable saying this out loud, don't. That's perfectly fine. I understand that. But I'd encourage everyone who's comfortable with this to say this together for our prayer. And let's read this together. May we be a pointed faith community, pointed toward generosity, compassion, and inviting. May we be united in thought and direction. Let us now step into this holiday season positioned to make a significant impact in the world around us. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time that we've shared together. Thank you for the inspiring words that you you just pack your, your scriptures with. Thank you for the early church leaders like Paul who gave his life for this thing called the church. And God, is, help us to embrace this commission that you have given to us to love you, to love others, to courageously share our faith with those around us. Help us to spread the good news about your son Jesus and how he loves every single person and everybody needs him in their life. Help us as we step into a a hectic and busy season that we can take some time to get our families together and get pointed in the same direction. God, bless our efforts. Help us to move with passion. Help us to leverage our gifts and our talents for your work right here at Valley Point Church. We pray all of these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.